Well, so it's my fucked up there. What we took a little hiatus for about a week, but you know we're back. We got things back in the groove. This is episode eight of In the Name of G podcast, and we gonna keep it short and straight. Um, of course, you know, in this week we've had the Super Bowl and some other couple of things has gone on around in the sports world, but. We're going to get with the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl. Um, it was a pretty entertaining game. Now, it did get off to a slow start, but in the end, the LA Rams was able to pull off the victory 23-20. Um, Aaron Donald had the game-winning sack to uh, clinch the victory for the L.A. Rams. Um, Should have seen him in the parade. Yeah, that boy was looking like the Incredible Hulk. Um, Matthew Stafford went 26-40 of for 283 yards and three touchdowns, while Joe Burrow went 22-33 of for 263 yards and a touchdown. Um, Cooper Cup, who had the... Go ahead, touchdown in the fourth quarter. He had eight receptions for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Jamar Chase, who was guarded by Jalen Ramsey for the majority of the game, um, he finished the game with five catches for 89 yards. Um, And then, you know, it kind of sucked, but he definitely was one of the key contributors for them being – um, in the game, and hell, it might have been a game that got out of hand if he didn't go down with the injury. But OBJ had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Um, it would come out that he had a torn ACL in the same leg he had the last one in when he was in Cleveland. Um, he still is. Relatively young. I think he's uh, 28 or 29. So hopefully he's able to make a speedy recovery. And um, if not, get back to the level he's at now. Be some type of version of the OBJ we've gone to know and love. Um, But yeah, I enjoyed the game. You know, the halftime show with... You know, Snoop got caught smoking a Shadoobie. <laughs> he was trying to hide it, but shit, he was like, fuck it. Um, you know, you had 50 up there, Mary J. Um, I think out of all the performances, I like the Kendrick Lamar stuff, just the things I had going on with all the other dancers. Then, you know, also you had the whole conf- controversy. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say controversy. But, you know, Eminem taking the knee at the end of the performance um, was something people had been talking about this week. But, yeah, it was a pretty good Super Bowl. Um, Cincinnati had their chances to come out with the victory. But, you know, the L.A. Rams being at home and so far, they wanted to bring the chip to L.A. And they was able to get it done. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty good, you know, me, I got a little, I got a little high, I ain't gonna lie, you know, 
slid up to my boy Ramir house, you know, it was there with Beast Mode and Jordan and uh Raymond and hell, it was up. <laughs> but um I definitely think that it wasn't the best Super Bowl I've seen. I like I would say just for shock value, last year's Super Bowl was probably better than this year's. Being the fact that, you know, for the most part, Tampa Bay dominated in uh, such a fashion that you didn't see something like that happening to the Kansas City Chiefs, even though, you know, last year both of their offensive tackles were injured. So, yeah, he was running for his life last year. But um, I say to say this, I say that to say this, that, you know, your offensive line is your lifeline when it comes to winning games. And for the most part, that's why Cincinnati wasn't able to hold it off. And not only with Cincinnati being a Cinderella team this season, their offensive line is one of their biggest weaknesses of their team. And, you know, for the most part, in high-pressure situations when it comes to sports, your weakness usually be the reason why you lose. And I think that was a key contributor um, to them losing this game, even though they had a chance to try to pull off the upset. Um, But, yeah, that's it for the Super Bowl. Um, I had a good time with it. I mean, for me, unfortunately, I didn't watch the halftime show. I just seen know, highlights and clips of the important things that happened, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, that's it for the Super Bowl. But, you know, to keep it in the realm of football, um, over the over the weekend, the Pittsburgh Steelers hired Brian Flores as their senior defensive coach and linebacker coach. Um it kind of sucks because it's a it's a bittersweet thing. I mean, but that's subjective. But, you know, with Brian Flores getting hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers and getting hired by Mike Tomlin, who not now, but at the time, was the only black head coach in the NFL. Because, um, you know, Lovey Smith just got hired for, for the uh, Houston Texans job. And they have the guy that came from the 49ers as the head, now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, but <clears throat> I think with the Rooney rule, you know, for the most part being endorsed by the Rooney family, who is the owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that it was only fitting that they give Brian Flores, the opportunity that he probably was never going to get from any other teams in the NFL based on his 58-page lawsuit that he filed um, in, Jan- in, early in January, right? So I'm happy that, you know, he's still going to be able to be in the league and still be able to fight his fight and also have an opportunity to uh, put food on the table for his family. Because for they for sure, for sure, was going to blackball his ass, for sure. Just like they did Colin Kaepernick and hell. I would imagine they would do anybody that 
anybody like that that challenge their status quo or the things that they are looking, you know, not even just that. Their status quo are things that will fuck their money up. I don't think color would matter, you know, who they would give their discipline to. Um, but I'm happy to see that, you know, it's solidarity between the coaches, you know, because I know the biggest thing I've heard as far as since that had been reported that, you know, Mike Tomlin is basically giving him a lifeline. And I don't necessarily agree with that because I think he is a good enough coach to where what what he had got the opportunity this year, probably not, but I think he's a good enough coach that he would have got an opportunity somewhere down the line. But I'm happy to see that he was able to get the opportunity and hell. He's definitely going to be with one of the better young defenses in the NFL. So, I mean, the, D, the Pittsburgh Steelers front seven is one of the best in the NFL. They just need a little help on the back end of that defense. But, you know, that's been the case since Troy Potomalu walked out the door. So, <clears throat> I definitely think that He's going to be an asset to that defense and an asset to that team. And I also think he's an asset to the NFL because with something going on like that, if any of the things that he put out there to be something that was in his lawsuit, you know, it's going to look bad for the league. Hell, it's going to be look, look bad for the owner or owners of the NFL because – you know, for the most part, he was making accusations that the owner of the Miami Dolphins was trying to pay him to lose games. And, you know, they all, they're all always about doing what's best for the integrity of the league. And, you know, that's horseshit into the motherfuckers you put in power not abiding by that same standard. So... I'm glad to see him back, and I hope he's uh, able to flourish um, in that uh, job opportunity. But um, we're going to move on to All-Star Weekend. I mean, it used to be something I got excited about, you know, seeing the All-Star game, the dunk contest, the three-point shootout the skills competition to a certain degree. But now as year and year go on and it's more inclusion by the fans, but it's seclusion in the actual all-stars participating in the all-star functions. Like, of course, for the most part, you get that type of interaction from the NBA players as far as the three-point contest or the um, skills competition, maybe. But the shit that really matter is the dunk contest. Because half of the time, the past couple of years, half of the motherfuckers that won, you don't even know who that is. Now, for the individuals, 
you know, over the past years that has been there that people that the average fan don't know who they is, that's been good for him. But for the overall box office attraction that the NBA dunk contest was and is or used to be, you know, we need to get stars in there or hell, even get, you know, people off the street or people in the G League that haven't made it. You know, either have all-stars actually participate in the dunk contest or have people that's hungry enough to try to make that make their name. Because, I mean, you could point that out as in having that right now with the with the NBA players that people don't necessarily know like that. But <clears throat> I think that we need to either make some incentive for the actual All-Stars in the NBA to get into the dunk contest. It's like, you know, if he was healthy, you know, uh, Zion, uh, Jai, uh, what's the guy, uh, Bridges from uh, Charlotte. Like, I want to see them niggas in the dunk contest because night after night, they be doing, putting on a spectacular show damn near every game. So those are the type of people I would want to see in there. Um, what they've done with the All-Star game, though, has definitely been a improvement as far as the old system. But I got to say this. It seems like year by year, the jerseys they are making are getting worse. Like that shit that they had on Sunday, you like that look like some shit you could have bought out of Walmart. I would rather them, if we're going to keep going down this road, I would rather them just go back to like um, in the early 2000s to where you just wear your home jersey or your uh, away jersey or your um, alternate jersey. In the All Star game, I would rather them go back to that system than that shit they've been doing now because the jerseys just look like shiny trash bags. Yeah, shiny trash bags. That, that that's what I got out of it, and I don't like them. I really don't. Um, I know the year. I think last year they had the uh, you know they always do the blue and red. Last year they had the little pinstripes. I mean, that one was cool, but the shit they had this year was the sheets. Like, that wasn't it. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely been, you know, with the quarter by quarter and, you know, the money they make from the game go to a charity of the uh, captain's choice. Um, and, you know, of course... Since they went to this format of the teams, LeBron's been five and zero, um, and even made it five and zero. You know, this weekend with the game winning shot over Zach Levine, um, I definitely feel as far as snubs, we definitely should have had Jalen Brown and Jalen because. Jason Tatum really hasn't been playing better than Jalen Brown, and he made it. I think it definitely should have been Jalen Brown. He definitely should have made it. I'm trying to think, was there any other snubs off the top of my head 
that didn't make it. I know originally Luca didn't make it, but he was able to play because of an injury. Um, yeah, I, I I hadn't put too much thought into that part of it as far as who should have made it and who shouldn't have made it. Um, but I definitely think that going forward with the All-Star game, they definitely got to get some motherfuckers in there where it makes it exciting because if you, you know, for the most part, people that's big NBA fans, if you've seen these motherfuckers put on shows in the game, let's go and get these motherfuckers in the dunk contest. Because... I feel the last good one we had was the one between Zach Levine and uh, Aaron Gordon. Now, at the time, unless you're a basketball nut like I might have to, like I am, um, you wouldn't know who those players were. I mean, for the most part, now nah, not at that time, neither one of them was on that level. Because, I mean, for the most part, from then to today, like Zach Levine has elevated his game to become an all-star but Aaron Gordon, although still a good player, he kind of plateaued since he left Orlando. Um, but, yeah, they got to get the motherfuckers in there because the way it's going, like, the way, like, that shit was horrible. From Jalen Green to um, Moscato. Um, and if I butcher that nigga name, that's my bad. It's okay. You can be named out that liquor. Um, hell, see, I don't even remember who was the other two, other two contestants. I just remember it was Jalen Green, uh, Moscato from the Warriors. See, I, I ain't got nothing for you. I can't even remember them niggas' names. That's how trash it was. Um... Oh, and uh, what's the uh? I'm, I know his last name Anthony. I know his daddy played in the NBA. I know he played for the uh, he played for the Orlando Magic. I can't think of his name right now, but I remember that nigga dunked in some Tims. Now that's that's a good prop, but it didn't really add no flair to the dunks he tried to do. Um, ah, Obi Toppin, who was the one who won it. Um, his last dunk, or his first dunk, where he did the um, windmill, jumping over the guy, that was pretty good. That was because that was something we I hadn't seen before. But to some other people that might have just been basic, they probably seen some shit like that before. Well, yeah, we need more shit like that because we can't keep going on like that. Because now it's getting to a point where I don't even give a damn about the uh, dunk contest. Hell, I really just be wanting to see, now I just really be wanting to see the three-point contest and the all-star game itself. I could do away with the rest of that shit. Um, and we also had the celebrity game to start it off with on Friday. Um, I've seen videos of um, Miles Garrett, you know, playing basketball. He did Quavo wrong on the blocks, and then he ended the game with, like, a windmill dunk. A motherfucker that big shouldn't be able to do stuff like that. Just shouldn't. 
I'm glad that he able. But you know, a big motherfucker like that shouldn't be able to put his head over the rim, do windmills, and then on Sundays, sack your motherfucking quarterback. He shouldn't be able to do shit like that. He just shouldn't. But uh I was I was impressed to see something like that here. Maybe maybe if if your motherfuckers go on strike in a couple of years, maybe he can uh try out or something, because all this shit that's been going on with players just deciding that they want to go to another team and they quitting and all this shit, I don't think that's going to be able to continue to fly with other owners in the NBA. Like, the players might have power, but they keep doing shit the way that they've been doing it. Yeah, they gonna the owners going to be coming for a bigger piece of that pie or be putting some shit in place to protect themselves and players mailing it in or claiming you got mental health because, you know, the fact that I just brought it up, let's uh, get on that for a second. I'm not going to tell you there's not nothing wrong with Ben Simmons at all. Like, there's no mental aspect of his problems in the NBA or his problems with the Philadelphia 76ers. But I really think he just said that shit so he can quit getting fined. <laughs> I really think that's what it was. I think Rich Paul advised him. I wouldn't say advise him. I would imagine Rich Paul put that on the table for him and let him make his decision on whether he want to do the shit or not. I really think that's what happened. So a nigga can keep getting his bread even though he's not playing no games. Because up to this point... You know, I think it was uh, Ramona Shelburne from ESPN. She was saying that, you know, reports that Ben is probably weeks away. Why? Because I would think for the majority of it, you was only doing all this shit because you didn't want to face the fans in Philly or you just wanted, didn't want to play for Philly at all again. And now you done got up out of that situation and you would think you would be ready to play right now. Because, nigga, you ain't played all season. And the season started uh, at the end of October. It's the end of February. Nigga, how long, how long do you need? Now, if it's validity to his mental health thing, then that might be something different. That's a whole other conversation. But I personally don't feel that's the fact. I think... You know, for the most part, there are maybe some aspects to the mental health claim that he gave, but I also think he was just saying that shit so he can keep getting his money. And then just the trade in general, I feel the 76ers gave up too much. And like I've been talking to um, one of the guys in my job, in that position, of course, you don't want to waste Joel's and Joel and B's prime or waste years of his career because he's an often injured athlete. But also, I feel you could have, because I don't know the the years on the contracts of. Well, I just I know Andre Drummond is just for this year, but I don't know the contract for Seth. Um, but I would have. Just waited until the offseason. Now, that's 
you can call that playing it safe. You can call that playing close to the vest. But if Ben Simmons can be Ben Simmons, they not gonna beat um, the Seventy Sixers. Is not gonna beat the um, Brooklyn Nets because you gave you gave them what they already had, and you gave them more pieces because they already got KD. They already got Kyrie on a part-time basis. They already got Patty, and I and that was one of the things for me. If I'm gonna trade, if I'm gonna trade you Ben Simmons, I and if I'm gonna trade you Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and um, Andre Drummond, if not even just all of that, just if I'm gonna give you Seth Curry, I need Patty Mills because you're not gonna take my shooting to add to the shooting you already got. That was my only problem with the deal. I feel that gave up too much because I would just wait until the offseason. Because he don't want to be there. I mean, James Harden didn't want to be there. Ben Simmons didn't want to be in Philly. So I would just wait until the offseason. Because then, as the Philadelphia 76ers, with James Harden uh, got a um, got a ability to be a free agent, I would have just waited until the offseason and then just did a sign and trade. Because you have then the seventy sixes would have had more leverage because the Brooklyn Nets wouldn't be wanting to not get anything from James Harden and just let him walk. So hell, I would just wait till I see. I mean, the seventy sixes wasting people time. That ain't it. Ain't like it's something foreign to them, i.e. the process. So, I would have just, you know, let MB ball out, get his MVP, you know, or potentially get his MVP, and then get put out in the first round. Because depending on who they draw in the first round or the second round, if they get past the first round, more than likely, even with James Harden, they probably are going to get put out in us. I don't want to say the first round because – but I don't know because the East has gotten um, – the East has grown up since LeBron left. So it's a little bit deeper. But even with James Harden, I wouldn't be surprised if they got put in the first round because of who James Harden is in the postseason. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got put in the second round. I just don't, I don't see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, at least as, the way, as they're currently constructed, based off – Joel Embiid's injury history, um, James Harden's playoff history, and what else you got in the team? Like, Tobias Harris is okay, but I know you still got Thabo, and, you know, you got Tyrese Maxey, but after that, what the hell, What else do you got in the roster? So, you know, that's why I say I feel they gave up too much. Um, but, yeah, it was a... Uh, Definitely a big story in the NBA, and I, and for the most part, it's not over because neither one of them has hit the court yet to see who's going to win the trade. Um, but moving on to the next topic, you know, of course, with this being the 75-year anniversary of the NBA, um, they've 
made the they made the list and added the twenty five twenty five other superstars to make the seventy five. Um, and in this, we had the top ten. Okay, I'm about to give y'all my top ten. Because, you know, I was born in 94, so when I was born, Michael Jordan was playing baseball. So, don't go talking shit and all that because ain't nobody asked for all that. I'm just going to tell you from my opinion on who I watched and how I feel about it. I'm going to start from 10. 10. KD. Now, KD has been doing it for a long time. You know, the man just a walking bucket. When he on, it really, it really ain't nothing you can do about it. You just kind of got to either try to get physical with him or hope that you can have a bad shooting night, you know, as for most players in the NBA, most NBA legends, you know, for the most part, you just got to hope that they're having a bad shooting night. Number nine. Is Larry Legend. Now, for my old heads, my old heads might want to see him a little bit higher. But, you know, Larry Bird only had a peak for so long. And then once he had his back injuries, although he was still effective, he wasn't the Larry Bird we knew. And, you know, Larry Bird only has... Three chips. Now, for the most part, he had to contend with the Lakers on the other side in the years that he did make it to the finals. And also, he had to battle the Philadelphia 76ers with Moses Malone and Dr. J. So, you know, I'm not surprised he had more based on what was going on in that time period because, you know, towards the end of his prime, like when the back injuries started coming along, you know, that's when the Detroit Pistons came on the scene as well. And, of course, later on, you know, um, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Um, number eight, I have Shaq. And I'm going to tell you right now, Tim Duncan is not in my top ten. Now, for all the Tim Duncan fans, you know, don't have a big hoopla now that I'm just going to say that, I feel Shaquille O'Neal is better than was better than Tim Duncan, which in the NBA's version Tim Duncan was in and Shaq was out. To me, I switched it up. Um, when Shaq was at his physical peak, he was the most dominant player in the NBA, and you could match, you could have matched up his first years, his uh, championship years with the. Los Angeles Lakers against any other big man in any other time, and his is just better. Um, and Shaq won four NBA championships. You know, of course, after he left the Los Angeles Lakers, he went on to another championship with the Miami Heat. Um, but, yeah, Shaq was the most dominant force in the NBA at the time. Of course, number seven, I got the um, big wilt still. Um, I mean, almost all record books in the NBA has his name at the top of it. As far as game performances, like, I'm not going to say that no one is never going to score 100 
points in the NBA. Just I actually feel somebody is gonna do it, and it might be soon because of the way that the because of the way that the three point shot is taking over the game, and with more threes, which equals more possessions, and I would imagine it's probably gonna be somebody that get hot from three um, one night. And, you know, kind of like how Kobe had it, you know, he was high for three, but, you know, he was giving them, giving it to him in different ways. So I definitely think it's going to be somebody to get high for three one day and someone that's also able to, you know, dribble and take it to the hole and someone that's a good free throw shooter. I th- yeah, I think if it is going to happen, that it had to be somebody like that that has a skill set like that. But I also think it's something that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. But it's some shit he got in the record books that's just not going to happen. Because I think he had a one season where he averaged 50-something. Like, that's crazy. Like James Harden, a couple years back, just averaged 36. I can't even imagine somebody averaging 50-something. Like, that's a hard thing to do. But moving forward, I have Bill Russell at number six. Um, me having Bill Russell over Will Chamberlain. Now, although Will Chamberlain was a more offensive, gifted player, Bill Russell was just a better winner. Because Will only won two championships, and Bill Russell literally won 11 championships. I mean, he got two hand, two hands full of rings and one on his pinky toe. So, I mean, I don't know what more you could say about that. And he was a defensive star worth for the Boston Celtics. Um, one of the faces for black people as far as in that time with a line that says but Cassius Clay, aka Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and Kareem. Um, you know, you gotta factor all those type of things in there. Um, but yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Bill about Bill. I just know what I've seen um from highlights and the way certain people talk about him in his time in the NBA. Uh, number five, I have Magic Johnson. Um Mr. Showtime, um, he paved the way for the for the Michael Jordans, for the Kobe's, for the LeBrons, and all the other players that we have today. Um, but I definitely think that with him being the best point guard, and with him and Larry Bird keeping the NBA afloat, and making it to a point where fans had so much interest in the NBA where they were able to make the NBA explode as far as popularity. Um, just the uh, the the smile, the confidence, everything about Magic. Um, with him being able to come into the NBA, have Kareem, and then Kareem go down, and he averaged a triple-double and win the championship. I mean, I don't... Think nobody, no other young, no other player in the NBA at that age could have done something like that other than Magic, which is what he did. Um, at four, I got the big cap, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, 
he's the well, you know, LeBron is on the way right now. I mean, think if he can stay healthy for the rest of this year and for next year, he'll probably pass Kareem as a top scorer in the NBA all time. But for the majority, he's been at the top scorer of all time. And then you got the legendary, unstoppable move, the sky hook um, with, over the left shoulder, over the right shoulder. He gave it to you the way you wanted to, and he was uh, effective with it. No one could stop it. Hell, nobody blocked it. Um, and then, of course, with him, you know, being a part of the civil rights movement, you know, like I said earlier or a second ago with Cassius Clay and Bill Russell, um, he definitely was one of the more philosophical brothers um, in the NBA. You know, he's been part of, you know, the NAACP as far as, you know, trying to be one of the community leaders. But, um, yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was definitely one of the best big men in NBA history. Um, you can see with him on the list, he would be my top big man all time. Um, but go, going on to number three, uh, if you're listening, I know you're going to kill me for it, and I know we're probably going to talk about it. <laughs> but at three, I got Kobe Bryant. Um, I got Kobe at three because, of course, the people that know me, well, I ain't going to even give it away. Kobe was the, was the biggest imitation of who we deem to be the GOAT. From the way he shoot, the mannerisms, the way he carry himself, um, everything. The the physical toughness, the mental toughness, all those things. Um, And then you can't talk about Kobe without talking about the 81 game. I mean, he gave Toronto the business. And, of course, you know, you have the whole conversation of because I personally feel Kobe should have more than one MVP. Now, I also know that with the MVP, it's always a dicey situation as far as individual success versus team winning and all that because, you know, the year that Steve Nash won, Kobe probably should have won it would have been a Russell Westbrook type situation. Um, but Kobe Bryant was a bad boy. It wasn't too many things on the court that he couldn't do or hell, didn't do or didn't try. Um, but I just think that He could have gotten – no, I want to say Kobe got got everything he could could have got out of his skill set or his ability. It's just that as far as the whole not passing the ball thing, um, sometimes Kobe might have let his ego get in his own way because and Shaq for the same thing. 
as far as they could have won more as a tandem. Um, but yeah, that's all I got on Bean. Um, number two, I got LeBron. Okay, <laughs> and the only reason why I have only reason why I have LeBron over Kobe. And it's outside of bias or anything because I am a LeBron fan. Um, it's just that the, his overall impact on the game, um, his basketball IQ, um, just from the top to bottom, like his ability to, you know, be the point guard, you know, um, get players in place, uh, Know what the know what the coaches is trying to um what game plan the coach is trying to put together to stop him or his teammates. Um he was always been a player that's been playing chess instead while everybody else been playing checkers. Um and just a physical um his physical dominance over the NBA, like some of the things that Shaq used to have to go through, LeBron went through or goes through now. Because he's so big, he, you know, refs tend to swallow the whistle. Um, and then he always got better at everything that was his weakness. Except free throw shooting, of course. That this was, That's just something LeBron could never <laughs> figure out how to crack the code on. He became a better three-point shooter, um, a better mid-range shooter. Um, now LeBron wasn't wasn't the, the defensive player that Kobe was, but it was at a it was at a point where he should have had a defensive player. Yet. Yes, I'm saying 2013 when in his second. And the second year they won the championship, when he was with the Miami Heat, he should have won Defensive Player of the Year instead of Mark South. I said, fucking nigga want to do, you know, I'm out here. <laughs> but I definitely think that um, his overall impact on the game, you know, of course he had to take his lumps and, learn what works and what doesn't work as far as being a leader. But, you know, he was able to find his way and hell, he went to 10 straight finals appearances. And the fact that LeBron is 46 is why I can't call him the GOAT. But literally, there's nothing else that LeBron doesn't do great that any other player on his team, on the list, doesn't. He doesn't. Eh? He's 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 he is as good a scorer as KD, cause they damn near average the same thing for their career. He is as good a scorer as Larry Bird. I would say Larry Bird is a better rebounder. He's as good a passer as I. I would give the I would give the nod to Magic, but he. LeBron, for the most part, people call people used to always say LeBron was basically if Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson had a baby. So you take what you want with that shit. But uh, yeah, LeBron is my number two. Um, of course, number one, 
<laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, as Skip would say, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> um, just he, he, he just the greatest man. I mean, if you know, you know. It ain't a whole lot. It ain't a whole lot to say about him. The jump man never lost a never lost an NBA Finals. Hell, never never even let him go to seven games. Um, you know, of course he had his lumps in the beginning of his career. You know, with the bad boy Pistons um, and the Boston Celtics at the beginning of his career. But you know, once he broke broke through, hell, he broke through, and he ain't never lose again. Um, like I said, there just ain't a whole lot to, if you know, you know, if you know basketball and you know, Michael Jordan isn't everybody goat. Some people is LeBron. That's not me. Some people is Kobe. Some people is Kareem. Like, uh, Jabari. He told, he's always told me Kareem was his goat. You know, you know, some people have different opinions on the thing, but as far as, Defense, being able to score, um, the mental toughness, um, everything, and even being a, being a little assholey, um, which is always a nice touch sometimes. Um, but yeah, I got MJ as my goat. Um, but yeah, that was my top ten list. Um, hell, you can hit me on Facebook under. I'll probably put put a thread up. Um, as far as asking people to give me what that top 10 is. But, yeah, that's my top 10. Um, but this has been Episode 8 of the Entertainment and G Podcast. Um, like I always say, it's off the heart and off the dome. Then what you say can't go wrong. But um, I'm going to holler at y'all next week. I'm back. Um, y'all stay safe out there because I know it's sleeping and shit today. Um, but I love y'all. Peace.